Hey everyone, I'm excited in this interview to be talking with a fantastic founder of a company that look, that's looking to pair information technology, artificial intelligence, the internet of things, pairing that all together to fix pipeline leaks. And I'm excited to bring on Mead Lewis, who is the founder of Microtech. And I'm just going to add him here to our broadcast. And uh, right now, Microtech is, is going through a crowdfunding campaign. All to... right. I think that we're live now. Awesome. Hey. So I was just, do, I was doing just a little bit of an introduction about, uh, about Microtech and what you're doing. Um, just kind of initially talked about it, and it really looks quite fascinating what you're, what you're trying to do with Pipeline League. And uh, you're based out of uh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, State College, Pennsylvania. Uh, we're right by the University of Penn State. So it's uh, kind of the hometown here. Uh, I grew up here, and then through my industry experience, I actually moved all around Texas, um, all over the place, and uh, found myself back in State College where uh, I kind of utilize the uh, university benefits here, and uh, I can really make use of the scientific minds that are around me. Awesome. What, uh, what came about with this idea with, with Microtech? How did this all begin? Was it kind of during uh, your education there or just kind of get into it afterwards? So I, uh, I actually uh, started school in pre-med, all right? And so uh, then what ended up happening was I accidentally made software for Baxter Incorporated. They're a major pharmaceutical firm. From there, uh, I was recruited by uh, uh, the oil and gas groups. Um, so Iron Pro was one of them. And they were focused on uh, monitoring the safety of what's called flow iron. It's used for fracking, right? And uh, then I, within about six months there, I became a CTO of the entire firm. And this was a medium-sized firm. It was a good-sized firm. Um, and then this continued when I got contacted by a firm called Advanced Upstream Solutions, where their objective was putting IoT devices inside of uh, fluid ends, which are big, expensive, $200,000 pressure uh, systems for uh, fracking. Um, and so we were embedding these IoT sensors into these fluid ends and uh, to predict when they were going to fail. Now you start to see where this idea starts coming into play. And mm. by the age of 22, I co-founded a firm called TC Labs, where we did advanced uh, analytics and uh, machine learning on um, government, healthcare, and oil and gas data. And so we did a whole lot of data systems there. Then finally, um, now I co-founded my own firm where we kind of merge all of my experience into one, right? IoT, artificial intelligence, big data, all the sciences. We kind of... Uh, make these IoT, the entire objective here is we make these IoT devices, put them on pipelines, sense the most valuable variables in pipeline longevity, then submit that data to a cloud computing system where we analyze this data a million times over uh, with artificial intelligence modules, and we can really make the pipeline speak. We're uh, projected to have a 96% per, uh, uh, accuracy. Mm. Wow. 
are there any competitors that are kind of doing what you're doing? Is it, it sounds like it's so forward thinking. Like you're looking at artificial intelligence, which is like it's cutting edge. Like I don't see I don't see anyone really doing anything like this. Is this is this kind of new to the pipeline industry? So one thing that uh, uh, because of the group the being entrepreneurial face uh, focused, right? So um, one of the big things that any investor will tell you is you never want to get involved in something that's, you know, never been done before at all. Right. And because it's dangerous, if it ha it, it's high risk, if it's never been done before, if there's not competitors that then that might mean that somebody got into the market, realized that it wasn't profitable enough and stepped back. Now, maybe with a new business model, you can approach that, but still it's risky. Anyway, I digress for this solution. There are uh, competition uh, uh, companies out there, but what they do is they just make sensors, which normally have about one real sensor on them. They don't necessarily transmit data wirelessly, which that's kind of, so in other words, you need to pay somebody to go out and collect this data. Um, they don't have any analytic capabilities. So in other words, these cus these companies who buy these sensors have to then collect the data then process the data themselves. And what this boils down to is there's a type of uh, a monitoring called pigging, um, where you will literally get Excel documents that thick on eight, eight and a half by 11 paper. Mm -hmm. And some poor sap needs to go through and try to find sense in all those numbers. And it's impossible. It is actually impossible. Yeah. So the artificial intelligence uh, components of it, it doesn't replace humans, right? Um, what it does is it enables humans to see so much more than what we're capable of seeing alone. And that's the exciting part of it. Nice. Um, so you're setting up a crowdfunding campaign right now. How's that going? Where are you kind of seeing it right now? And and uh, what do you plan on doing with, with the so, funding? So... Uh, ECF is an exciting, so it's equity crowdfunding. So when we think of crowdfunding, we immediately think of things like Kickstarter, right? Where, you know, it's a board game. Heck, I have uh, explosive kittens over there on my bookshelf. So uh, that was the most, uh, that was the uh, top rated Kickstarter campaign of all time. But anyway, so the difference between equity crowdfunding and crowdfunding, right? is you're investing in my company. You are obtaining what are called uh, crowd-safe securities. Um, and you can do all the research that you want on that. Uh, uh, Republic.co Republic has a great uh, documentation on what exactly that means. Um, and I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to go into all the specifics. But anyway, uh, the campaign is going really well. We're already at 73%. Uh, to our uh, goal, but we can go all the way up to $107,000. Our goal is $25,000. Um, and so uh, what this means is that these people, so far we have a little bit over 18000 invested. These people are obtaining uh, some equity in the company. And uh, uh, what we're going to do with that funding is we're really going to push the development of our designs. We're really going to uh, push marketing. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's really to go from zero to five hundred. Actually, we're probably already at two hundred fifty. It's really just to get up to that additional two hundred fifty, right? Um, so it's a really really cool new way to invest in startups. Um, it was just made legal. Uh, equity crowdfunding was just made legal in twenty sixteen. 
um, through the Jobs Act. Mm. So this is a brand new way for companies to look into getting funding. And where venture capital, you need to be what's called an accredited investor, which means that you need to have the top 2% of salaries in the United States, and you need to go through all sorts of legal jargon. And there's actually, uh, we're starting to see a dip in venture capital not necessarily in the dollars spent, but the amount of investments being made. So that means that the investments being made are larger, but there's fewer of them being made. And uh, statistics say that 98% of companies looking for venture capital can't even get a conversation with a venture capitalist. Now, one could say, well, that's because, you know, the majority of those ideas are terrible. And although that might be true, um, you know, you still have a huge curb to step up over. And so we're lucky enough where we are being heard by venture capital. We are being heard by incubators. And this Republic campaign is a way for us to get some seed funding and go from there. So um, it really gives us some more leverage to, you know, go through all these negotiations, really get um, more customers on board and everything like that. Yeah, well, it's great exposure um, to to be on this type of platform. I, I think it uh, it stands out because I'm going through it, and all it all makes sense yeah. here. Um, you know, just looking at the highlights that you've got on on the Republic page, you know, capable of preventing 93 leaks per year for the average size customer, saving them over 18 million every year. Like that's incredible. Um, I noticed um, part of it. You mentioned that you were focused on. Pennsylvania and Virginia, or are you kind of looking at expanding out to other pipelines? Right now, so uh, once again, focusing on entrepreneurship. So this is a great uh, 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 example for uh, people that are interested in getting investors. You want to have a focused market first. You, you don't want to be a company, and this is a big mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make. Uh, I want to make a automobile company that also services diesel trucks and boats. All right, wait, hold on. That's a huge market that you're trying to take, and you cannot possibly take all of them. So what you do is you focus on what you're really, really good at. In this case, we're really, really good at focusing uh, at predicting pipeline leaks. And being local to Pennsylvania, I won't have to fly over uh, all the place, right? West Virginia is right by us. Um, uh, however, you want to focus on the big markets first in this case. So we're focusing on Pennsylvania, Texas, West Virginia, and a little bit into Ohio. Even. Um, so uh, those markets are critical to becoming established in this industry. And that's the big point is knowing your industry, knowing where you can make an impact. Mm. Well, it makes sense to, to focus on, on that niche. I think that's more attractive to investors as well. Because if you're trying to uh, have the technology everywhere and try to expand too quickly, then the, the growth can almost take a step back. I mean, you're, you're looking at a great market. That's incredible. $8.72 billion so for the It's a uh, great total addressable market. And that's another thing. Uh, know your numbers. When you're talking to investors, know your numbers. There's... I've heard it time and time again where yeah. you ask somebody what their total addressable market is. Uh, TAM is a great Google mm. search for that. And just spaces for them. Um, so $8.72 billion is our total addressable market. The next five years, we want to take 5% of that market. That's uh, $325 million uh, that we're trying to uh, get in revenue every year. So it's mm. uh, it's 
certainly a challenge, but our technology is cutting edge and we're already gaining a whole lot of traction. We actually are just partnering with the largest natural gas production company in the world. So um, with that will come a bunch of others. So it's a good time to invest. Definitely. The subscription-based business model, could you talk a bit more about that and, and kind of what that what that means for, for investors? Yeah, so uh, if I, let's say I'm trying to sell you this coffee mug, all right, I love coffee, right? But mm -hmm. I could sell you this coffee mug, you know, I could do some hand modeling here or whatever, but, and I could talk it up as the best coffee mug ever, but once I sell that to you, you paid me the $8 that that coffee mug was worth or whatever, right? And then, you know, out of that comes the cost that the ceramics or whatever, the paint, whatever, uh, that took me to make that coffee mug. And so I, my profits are $5. However, um, I'm not going to be able to sell you another mug because you already have one. All right, yeah, maybe, you know, mug might have been a bad example where you have several in your house. But one, you know, you're not buying mugs all the time. Subscription-based revenues uh, mean that it's repetitive. People will constantly be paying. It's predictive, right? We're able to say, okay, we see a 2% uh, decline in subscriptions every month, and, you know, we add on 20%, right? So we're, we're able to say, with that understanding, these are our revenue project projections for the future. And we're able to do that with far less risk, where if I'm trying to sell you coffee mugs, uh, you know, I'm going to have to keep selling that time and time again just to keep up to where I was last month. And mm -hmm. so uh, yeah. for investors, uh, uh, the subscription service means that we are a safer investor, uh, investment. Subscription services are safe for investors, are safe for customers, and they're safe for the business. So not only that, but we also have one-time revenue. We sell the devices, and we, our profit margins are 63% uh, on the devices themselves. The only people who are selling for better margins are Apple and Ferrari. Um, so, so I'm fine to be in that class of uh, – in that category of groups. Um, but then as far as our subscription model, we're, that, our, uh, our uh, margins on that are just incredible. So, and it's very fair because once again, these companies are saving 18 million a year, you know, spending 25,000 for a subscription per month. If they're saving 18 million a year, it's uh, well, it's well worth it. So, yeah. Mm. Nice. How are you getting such great margins? Is it, is it in your manufacturing processes or, you know, maybe if you could talk a bit about yeah, that. So, uh, one of the big things, uh, that we do is well good engineering right so you need to make sure that yeah. for us our iot devices we took a lot of time especially as a startup it's important that you're not just spending money hand over fist right mm. um so we took a lot of time to make sure that our devices were energy efficient because that's critical for wireless devices energy efficient um and not that expensive to produce um so our our uh, production costs for the uh uh, Mark One, it, it's expected to be about $168, while we can sell these for $150, uh, $350, sorry, excuse me, $350. And so those types of, uh, those types of profits are uh, driven by both uh, having good engineering and uh, 
making sure that you take the time to find the best solutions that are cost effective. And another, I think a lot one of... more thing for on the software side of things yeah. and the technology standpoint, one of the big temptations is to uh, is to uh, uh, go with buying your own servers and making your own computational farms, right? And that's just not efficient. Mm. So in some cases, you can get away with that, but it, it's just not efficient. Amazon Web Services are is really really cheap to get into. Like to host our uh, graphic user interface, we're paying about $7 a month. And yes, our AI is much more expensive. Our cloud computing systems for that is much more expensive. But, uh, you know, if we were just making a basic web app, it'd be $7 a month. And data storage, it's 10 cents a gigabyte per month. I mean, it, it, it's, it's cheap data. It's, it, what you're talking about is you just need to be efficient in how you spend money. And a lot of startups, what you'll see is that they spend money hand over fist because they want to emulate the big guys. They want to be Google. And a lot of people want to be Google. And it's great to have those ambitions. However, until you have the bankroll of Google, you should not be Google, right? And I, here, let me show you something. We're going on a tour. Um, so in my home office, I actually have about $50,000 in servers right here. Um, that I was able to not buy, but uh, when one of my companies, uh, Iron Pro, was being sold, I was able to uh, uh, be kind of given those by the CEO. Great guy. So it, it was a huge gift that you know I just kind of stumbled upon, and for you know a while it took me a, a, a while to figure out what I would even use ser these servers for, right? Because I didn't have a startup yet. And so I just was housing these 300-pound servers, and uh, now we're using them for, uh, to uh, kind of develop and demo our artificial intelligence modules before po uh, throwing them onto the cloud where it's going to cost us money hand over fist. So it yeah. does make my electric bill more expensive, though. So yeah. <laughs> It's about being uh, resourceful, though, and, and using what you're given, which is which is exactly. great, right? It makes it easier as an entrepreneur. Bingo. Figure out where you can cut things down and, and uh, optimize what what the most important things are. You talk about patents as well, so you've got patents in the works, and that 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 obviously holds water as something that's quite valuable for a startup is to hold patents. So one of the first things that you should do as a startup is start talking to attorneys, all right? I don't like attorneys that much, mm. all right? But uh, that's one of the first things. You need to get your LLC. Oh, and by the way, don't operate without some form of legal structure. Investors, A, won't hear you out, but B, it's dangerous, right? If, you know, if I was operating uh, a company and the company got sued and I wasn't an LLC, that means I could get sued. And I don't want to lose my house. I don't want to lose my car because, you know, something freak happened with the company, right? So it minimizes your risk. Limited liability company. I'm limiting my liability. Anyway, I digress. So make friends with a few attorneys. Um, and uh, one of the friends that I made was a great patent attorney uh, based in the D.C. Uh, area. And um, so most utility patents cost about $8,000 to, for one patent, and that adds up fast if you're talking about multiple patents. Um, and uh, but 
he's doing them for us for about five grand each. So that three grand off really helps, especially when you're talking about what we're looking at, six patents. So uh, that's another big reason for the funding. We need patents. It secures our IP. It makes sure that we're, we continue to be cutting edge and valuable. And how you think about that and how you can justify those costs to investors is a dollar that we spend into patents, it's a dollar that we make in, in value to our company over and over and over again. So yeah. patents are invaluable. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now you've got a guitar in the background. Yeah. There. Are, you, uh, are you a guitarist? Or? So back when, nice. I was in, many... back when I was in high school, I used to, you know, be a part of kind of a punk group. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, I play guitar, but, um, uh, I used to be a lot better. Uh, but now I'm pretty <laughs> average at it. I kind of fell behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. I think that's important if you've got, uh, interesting things about you outside of entrepreneurship, because that, that, well, I also it, read uh, a more lot. appealing. So I have a bunch. Oh, that's yeah, I have a bunch of books on things I'm interested in. Like, have one on Nikola Tesla there, a few on uh, Steve Jobs and uh, the like. So, yeah, it's important to have Makes, interests other yeah, than that's... you know letting uh, your work consume you, right? Well, exactly. Well, if you're if you're learning, then then you're definitely you're you're getting ahead of the crowd. Like the best entrepreneurs in the world, they're reading. Just they're voracious readers. Yeah, so I think that's important. I, I'm almost a freak when it comes to absorbing information. It's uh, I don't waste my time with TV. I don't. Uh, uh, I don't have cable. Mm. Uh, I even uh, turned off my Netflix account because I wasn't using it enough. I. <laughs> All I do is I yeah. go onto YouTube and I Google lectures. MIT puts out all their lectures on on YouTube for free, or I don't know if it's all of them, but a huge amount. So there's a great lecture. It's a six, uh, I think it's six one one five on artificial intelligence. So if you want to learn artificial mm. intelligence from MIT, you can for free on YouTube. It's absolutely incredible, yeah. and I don't understand why more people aren't sponging that information up so yeah no it's it's crazy like you can get some stanford uh stanford u uh, amazing tutorials from incredible professors i think there's a bunch on there one of as the well. best courses i ever took it's paid for but um there there was one called mba all in one course um on udemy uh that's u-d-e-m-y I loved it. Um, the guy was brilliant. It teaches you all about uh, how to approach investors. Um, it teaches you about how to really start your business and what makes a business valuable, right? It talks about how to calculate TAM. It talks about how to ca calculate uh, uh, SOM, SOM. Um, it talks about all of that. And uh, so knowing that going in, you know what numbers to, to get. So that's half the battle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, that's incredible. You're learning all around courses, books. That's, that's important. Um, what, what excites you as an entrepreneur? Like what gets you passionate about artificial intelligence as an example? I mean, that's something that's cutting edge and you know, where are you seeing that down the road as, as we're seeing more chat bots and, and what you're doing with the internet of things, 
how you see that progressing. So Internet of Things is going to be everywhere. All right. It, it is. Um, we, uh, we're going to put it in all of our daily pieces of lives, A, to make them better, but also give those companies analytics on their devices, right? So if I'm an automobile manufacturer, I would love to know what the health of that vehicle is. That way I know if that engine and transmission uh, system is working together correctly or not, right? And uh, if it's not, I can alert the customer and have them come in. And once again, that's reoccurring revenue. I'm able to charge them for repairs, all right? Um, and so Internet of Things is going to be around us. And I think we need to accept that with open arms, but one of the big risks with Internet of Things is security. Um, one of the biggest hacks in the world actually happened, I think it was February of this year or last, um, where effectively a bunch of uh, Internet of Things devices were hacked, and those devices were used to do a DDoS attack to uh, some of the major communication uh, platforms. Um, and how they were hacked was they just used the standard username of admin and the password of password. I mean, this, this wasn't like high-end hacking here. This was, you know, it should have been changed. And so we need to accept Internet of Things in open arms, but I think the Internet of Things uh, industry needs to upgrade as far as security, cryptography, um, and also make it feel less like Big Brother, right? Because if we talk about Amazon... Uh, uh, the Amazon Echo Dots and stuff like that, and Alexa, right, always listening. And it spooks people out. It really does, and nearly rightfully so. And so we need to make it feel less like Big Brother, more like a helping service. Um, and then about the artificial intelligence, I think the stupidest thing that we can do is listen to Elon Musk. Uh, I have very strong opinions about that guy, but... Um, uh, Elon Musk, he talks about, oh, the greatest fear that humanity has is artificial intelligence becoming sentient and taking over the world. No, that's not a risk, okay? If we, if you think about what created something versus what is its master, right? Um, if you're religious, we were, uh, then, you know, we were created, therefore we have a master. Likewise, artificial intelligence, because it was created, we have a master. If we're a good master, we know how to shut it down, right? We know the engineering behind it. And so these artificial intelligence uh, systems should work hand-in-hand hand with humans, only bettering our capabilities. And I think this pipeline monitoring system that we're creating at Microtech is very, uh, 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 very reminiscent of that in the sense that we're not telling you to get rid of employees. What we're telling you to do is merge your workforce with our artificial intelligence, and we can get some crazy results out of this, right? Because our artificial intelligence is able to see minute changes that humans just can't, and uh, your humans are able to do think, uh, solve new problems that our artificial intelligence can't, right? Our artificial intelligence can only understand what it's seen before. That is the definition of artificial intelligence. So in you know, let's say um, if we show a hundred uh, billion pictures of different types of monkeys to an artificial intelligence system, when we show it a picture of a cat, it's going to try to define that as some form, some breed of monkey, right? And that's not accurate. It's a cat. But we need to tell the artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. well, that one is a cat. And now it can identify a cat some of the time. So 
Yeah. Th that's kind of the thought between IoT and Internet of Things. And, you know, big data fits hand in hand with both of them. The bigger your data, the better your, inter uh, your artificial intelligence. And Internet of Things is all about big data. So can kind of see the merging there. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else would you like to highlight as far as microtech? Is there something that you want to maybe point out um, that everyone should should know? I mean, we'll we'll include the links yeah. to your campaign here in the video, and then we'll include the uh, to the website to learn more. But is there anything else that you'd like to talk about about microtech and where you're headed? Yeah, so uh, it's really exciting because it's not we're not stopping here, right? That would be foolish, right? Um, yeah. So. Our goal is to really bring about what we're titling as Petroleum 2.0, okay? And what we want to do is clean up the energy industry. Um, currently, the oil and gas industry is really the most relevant energy sector we have. And although green energy would be like where we would like to be, it's not economically feasible. Uh, solar panels are only about 30% efficient, and that's in labs. In an uh, outside environment, they're only about 19% efficient. Um, and you can prove that with a simple science experiment. Think of a solar panel on your head. List out some characteristics. Well, they reflect a lot of light. Well, that's missing energy there. They're really hot to the touch. Well, you're transferring that energy into heat. That's not transferring it into the electricity that you need. And also for big solar arrays, you'll, you can hear a hum. That's wasted energy. It's sound. It's kinetic. When, uh, you know, if it was being transferred into electric, uh, electricity, it'd be silent. It'd be silent. It'd be cool to the touch. There'd be no reflection. Um, and so until the development in solar and uh, happens and then transforming that energy, because that energy, when you capture in solar, is direct current. Our world wor works off of uh, alternating current. So then you need to, uh, you know, take that direct current, make it into alternating current, and you lose 30% efficiency there. So it's inefficiencies on inefficiencies. And what that means is it's not economically feasible yet. So while these green energy systems develop in the labs of educational systems, we need to be investing our money into safer, more uh, environmentally and economically friendly uh, systems for energy. Petroleum has proven itself as an economic staple and also an energy staple in every country that has ever existed. So keeping with that, keeping with our already existing infrastructure, we can make that safer. So we're doing that at first with pipelines. Then we want to go into making the fracking industry uh, much safer and then offshore um, and offshore being, you know, your offshore rigs like BP. Um, we've shown that the, uh, uh, with artificial intelligence and uh, uh, the sensors that we're using, we could have stopped the Deepwater Horizon uh, leak before it happened. So that cost uh, them billions of dollars, billions. And that was just one, uh, one leak. And uh, we also want to go into drone and security systems, but that's for the future. So, yeah. Nice. Well, you're definitely, uh, you're ahead of the curve here. And I think, uh, People should definitely check this out, and um, I'm excited to see what what happens with Microtech. And definitely, I hope everyone else will will follow and uh, help you out here with the. Yeah, campaign. I mean, you can invest as little as twenty five dollars. Um, 
in, in the campaign. Nice. And so that will give you, you know, a chunk into the company and you can say, I invested in small business and I invested in a startup. And, uh, you know, if our projections are right, if our goals are right, then, you know, it could be re really valuable for you. And so, you know, check out our campaign, check out the risks involved, check that, check out, you know, all of our technology and, you know, we would love to have some people in this group invest. It, it would be absolutely incredible to see a tight knit community, uh, really, uh, invest in innovation. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are getting into innovation more. Um, like Bitcoin, people are so interested in, in, that, uh, in that area. So I think people are more excited to invest in entrepreneurs and especially ones who are changing, uh, changing the way we do things. And then that's, that starts with you. And uh, I think that's fantastic what you're doing. So yeah. Awesome. And uh, the one more thing, uh, we have a TED talk in yeah. February, so uh, TEDx CSU. Yeah. So uh, uh, we'll post that. Link I saw on that your, uh, yeah. on your form on your uh, Facebook group. Definitely, that uh, that adds a ton of credibility. To be on TED is is just fantastic. So I was so. nominated la uh, last year, uh, but I couldn't do it. I, something came up with work, so I had to uh, tell them no. But this year, when I was nominated again, specifically for Microtech, you know, I, we're going to go out yeah. and really uh, rock, melt some faces with our, uh, with our technology and show them what, what, uh, what we're doing, so... Thank you so much for the interview. This this was awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for hopping on, and uh, I hope this uh, helps you out with uh, with uh, microtech. And yeah, we'll we'll, we'll stay yeah. tuned. See see how. It goes. Yeah. Talk soon. Awesome. All right. Bye bye. Sounds good. Take care.